to have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. It sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Eastman's Elevated here. So I got a new episode for you. It's that fun time of year where we're all out in the field and hunting hard. And um, boy, I I got finished up with that Idaho mule deer hunt and and uh, came back and had a couple buddies come out. My buddy uh, Janus and my buddy Robin, uh, two friends from Hawaii. And Robin's been on the podcast before. And gosh, we got after it. Uh, been hunting elk here for seven, eight days and and uh, mixed in a little whitetail hunting when we had this gnarly storm come in. And we talk about that, but. Um, just, just really great guys and, and really fun hunting and did some day hunting from the house and we did a backpack trip way up top, up into the high country and, um, we've been just chasing elk and, and, and being into them. So, um, man, we just sat down one late night here, kind of their, their second to last night here and recorded a podcast, tell you guys what we've been up to and what we've been doing and, and kind of our, our tactics after these elk, these public land wilderness bulls and, what an exciting week of elk hunting. I mean, we just had so much fun and so many encounters. Um, it's just awesome when you when you get into them. You know, you got to work so hard sometimes. You cover so many miles and you're just searching for them. But when you can find them and really get into them, you know, that's the excitement of bow hunting. So anyways, we recorded a podcast. Great couple guys. I, I really had a fun week hunting with them. And, and uh, now just back getting a few things done here and and uh, going to get ready for the next trip, so just a fun time of year. Uh, today's sponsor is Yeti Coolers. Um, Yeti is just a game changer for me, so I used them a bunch in Idaho there when I shot that mule deer buck, and we were having really hot weather, and it was like 95 degrees or above, and I got that buck back and got him on ice. It's just amazing how long that Yeti will keep ice, and you know, I always mention that it's a bear-proof container when you're in national forests and wilderness. You put a couple locks on either side. Uh, you don't get in any trouble from the Forest Service for, for not hanging up your food or not having it properly stored. So I, I think that's a huge bonus. And, and just how long it'll keep ice and cooled that buck down. And I, I always keep, you know, the meat out of the ice. I keep everything drained. The Yetis have great drains on them. Um, yeah, and that buck, you know, we were able to... To buy a couple days while Dan hunted there and then, um, you know, able to get it back and butchered up and, and everything just turned out perfect. But those without those Yeti coolers, I couldn't do it. And I just um, they're, they're really building a great product all the way from their their cups to their, uh, you know, to their coolers, to their soft bags. Um, they just got so many great products out there. And it's it's one of those deals I've bought. So many coolers over the years that that have busted lids, or you you bust the the cap that drains them, or they the drain sits too high so you can't get the water out, and you buy so many of those that if I just would have bought the right cooler the first time, I would have been way better off. And and so I will next time. Super happy with my Yeti and and want to get some different sizes. So thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, over there at Eastman's, we're all just hunting hard. Um. Gosh, I, I just heard back from, from Brandon Mason. He just got back from a huge Alaska trip. Sounds like he had a good trip up there. I just got done with some elk hunting, getting ready to leave again on another elk hunt. Going to do a, a bunch of days and go after my bull and, and uh, try to capture it on film. I've got the, the same camera guy 
that that did it for me last year and and he's just like a buddy I can team up with and go hunt so I'm just super stoked to do that and I I know all the guys in in the office there have hunts coming up and I'm checking in here and there and 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 looks like they're getting some quality animals and some quality time of field Um, I did see a, a great promo for Eastman's for the magazines um, right now, you can get an outdoor edge kit. It's worth like thirty nine ninety nine, and you can get that with a subscription to both magazines, both the Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal and the Eastman's Hunting Journal. And and uh, let's see, I think the Bow Hunting Journal just came out. I had an advanced stocking uh, article in there. I was really proud of. And then um, I just I just wrote one for the Eastman's Hunting Journal that's going to come out. Um, I think it just went to went to print, which means in the next month. So. Um, but I wrote an article for that that I'm really proud of. Um, it's all about uh, uh, hunting bulls and um, hunting hunting bulls in the early season, like that that early rifle or real late bow. Um, really fun article to write. It's kind of the the toughest time of year to hunt elk before you get that weather and after the rut. Um, so really cool article there. But uh, with that, let's get this thing rolling. This is a really fun podcast. Uh, two of my good buddies I consider my friends. Just a great adventure with these guys. These guys are just as game as it comes. Super hunters, uh, great stalkers, uh, real intelligent, and in a great approach to hunting. And like I said, we just had a blast running around the mountains and, and hope to have more adventures with these guys. So uh, enjoy the podcast, guys. Okay, I'm live here with Robin and... And uh, I'm here with Janus, a couple of my buddies that are here from Hawaii, and we're hunting elk, and we're recording a podcast here. We got one more day left of, of elk hunting, and we've just been in them. Boy, it's been fun, huh? Oh, you you took us after them, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we had to work for them. Um, tough to find in the beginning, right? Yeah. You uh, you're an animal. There's no doubt about that. You you go after it, and you make us go after it, and yeah. test our bodies, and test our minds, and everything else. I am, yeah. You guys are. Oh man, did we push hard? Um, we did a bunch of miles. So we started off. Um, you showed up in this country, and you're sea level, and we're at elevation here, pushing eighty five hundred, nine thousand. You drank a bunch of water to start with, trained before you got here and, and we started hunting and uh Robin showed up early and Janus showed up, you know, yeah. when the party started. You just yeah, showed I, up when the elk were going. I was there like maybe three or four days later, you know, and it was storming and <clears throat> flew in and we kinda didn't really know what to do and Brian's like, Let's go hunt some whitetails, man. And it's like raining and cold. I was like, All right, it sounds good. We can't really see anything in the mountains right now and that was a blast, man. Oh yeah, so uh, we took a break in the middle, like it got super stormy and it, it fogged in everywhere and we couldn't see anything and we didn't know where the elk were. We had chased them a little bit, but we just didn't know where the party was and I just kept telling them, you know, we just got to keep traveling country, keep looking, we'll find them and we looked over drainages that didn't have elk and all of a sudden we got this massive storm in and so, yeah, we um, we took a break and hunted whitetails on the valley floor and you could actually see something. Oh, spot and stock whitetail. Who would have guessed? <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it was fun, man. No tree I mean, stand, nothing. Yep, no tree stand, just moving in the field and trying to get on them. Um, that's a fun way to hunt them. And, oh. and we got lucky. I knew a good guy that let us on and let us hunt them in a good spot where there was a bunch of whitetails in there. And so we went in and spot and stock whitetails. And then you got a doe tag and I got a doe tag. And we just started hunting them and took a little bit to figure out where they wanted to hang out. 
Yeah, man, I've never hunted whitetails before, but they are they're fast, you know. They got some they got some good muscles, you know, and they're they seem to be a lot more jumpy than the axis deer that we're used to hunting, you know. Those things can dodge your arrow. You know, Brian Brian took a shot one and I seen I've never seen something dodge an arrow that fast, man. It was unbelievable. It was forty yards. I mean I thought it was a dead doe. <laughs> it, it, it matrixed my arrow, it didn't it? It matrixed your arrow. It was 44 <laughs> yards, perfectly stable, and, and set and tried to shoot her. And by the time my arrow got there, she had ducked and spun and was out of the way of my arrow. Dude, it was like you completely missed her. But, I mean, I watched that arrow, and it would have it nailed her. I mean, one did that one to, to me a couple, like, a day later, you know, and I took off the tip of its tail. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought I nailed that thing. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, souvenir, white tail. Souvenir. Yeah, I got my white tail. Yeah. <laughs> that was a blast, man. That was so funny. But, yeah, they'll jump your string. Jumpier than any other animal. Like, antelope will jump your string. Mule deer will. I mean... Elk usually wait for it unless they're just looking to leave right as you shoot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those whitetails, they were jumpy. Yeah, a couple ducked our strings there. But then we got the better of them. Uh, see, you scored first, um, Robin, with a nice buck, huh? I did, yeah. I, after missing, God, four times on them. Yeah, you were hungry for them. You were <laughs> I, crawling I, through everywhere. I, I was belly crawling, wet, soaking wet, soaked <sighs> to the bone. And, uh, God, I'm not used to shooting with so much clothes on. I mean – puffball jacket rain jacket and i i shot four times and finally realized that i was hitting my jacket every time and you you know you gave me a nice brace to put over my jacket tie it down and yeah you had to try on three of them i think you yeah. ended up using katie's i i used your daughter your 10 year old daughter's <laughs> and it, it was able to strap down my jacket and sure enough buck the next morning and i just plugged him yeah, and, and uh, well, and your rangefinder was all fogged oh, up. It, everything Bell we were hunting right in the middle of the storm. It, it was just, raining just nonstop, sleeting and but, raining and gnarly. Yeah, wind blowing, cold, but there was a bunch of deer out there that were just moving through and yeah. feeding on that alfalfa. But yeah, you made a good play, made a good shot on that buck. Yeah, um, and was second we hunted it in evening, and then you got him the next morning. Got him the next morning. I I thought I smoked him, and and shot felt good, and he ran like ten yards and stopped, and just stood there looking at me. And so I knocked another arrow and shot him again, and I spined him the second time. And after seeing the first placement, he would have died right there. But I, I'm I'm all for putting another arrow in an animal if I can. And yeah, I'm glad I did for sure. They're tough. Yeah, whitetails white are tough. Whitetails are tough. Axis yeah. deer. I mean, they're all they're all pretty tough animals. They're you all know? tough. They're used to they're used to fighting, and especially the bucks. You know, you get the horns they got to carry around. You know, they're they're strong. Yeah, the whitetails prance funny when they run. They've all got characteristics that they are all look injured. To... They all look injured when they run. <laughs> Brian's like, I think I hit it. <laughs> The thing's prancing around. Robin's like, yeah, I think I hit it. He looks like he's limping. And no, then the whole herd ran away. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. They got sharp instincts, though. They're looking for you out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you said you could get away with a little bit more in tight, like drawing your bow and different things where they'd stand and look at you. For sure. And I think that's a tendency they have. But, um, man, they pick you out good. Anytime you're trying to move through that stuff. Um, you, you really got to be concealed with your movement. And then the key is just being in the zone they want to be in. This is fairly open country. And so we kind of figured out which zones we like and kind of all split up. And yep. then we'd work those zones, and those zones had deer. Yeah, it didn't take us long to get it down, you know. But I noticed 
the difference between the white tail and the axis deer on Maui. You know, I think they're a little sharper. They got a little sharper eyes and they're a little more witty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a little bit easier to sneak up on the axis deer and um yeah, I don't know. I, I just I just think the axis deer are a little bit easier to hunt. At least I, spot and stock wise. I, I, I don't know. I, I I have to disagree with you. I I think uh axis deer are damn tough. We're just used to hunting them. Maybe yeah, maybe and, that's and the you, case. And you know their habits, you know when they're looking at you and and well, how. you know the area too. You know what I mean. It's a different, it's a whole different ball yeah. game. What yeah. you can get away with and what you can't. But right. but yeah, I thought that the whole time that that uh, Robin that you thought axis steer were tougher and that you thought axis steer were easier. And maybe it was just the scenarios that me and you had. Me and Janus hunted together the first day, and we'd get busted. You just barely even think about coming over a rise, or just barely even there, and they start staring at you. And it takes forever for them to forget about you, and they're they're easy to jump once you spook them. And they're they're just tough spot and stock. I thought they are. I mean, Robin yeah. seemed to have. I mean, you, you Robin had too. Luck. I, oh, I, 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 I flung <laughs> so many arrows at those yeah. things. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They just kept dodging mine, so maybe that's why I yeah. think they're harder. Yeah. <laughs> but fun couple days. You know. Anyways. You know what? It's because you were wearing Kuyu. Yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but hey, didn't didn't the weather clear up? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So the weather cleared. We got a mega storm and. And uh, so we backpack hunted like three days prior to you getting here, four yeah. days prior. Um, Robin came out and, and you stayed back and you stayed back with Sean. Sean yep. wasn't feeling right. And so you made sure his, everything was taken care of there. Yep. Uh, Robin flew out. We started backpack hunting and gosh, we made it up into the hills. And so the first hunt we had, we got on a bull and got close. And he was in this spot where we just, it was the first place I'd, I'd we drove out and glassed it from afar and looked up there and went, yep, there's elk and looked up there and there was a nice six point bull up there. And so, and it looked like a 15 minute walk, nice little stroll right up to this bowl. Yeah. 2000 feet in elevation later. <laughs> that and mountain is so deceiving. Wait, isn't it? Wake you up. Yes. Yeah. We're going to go from 6,000 to 8,000 feet and go shoot a bowl. Yeah. yeah right. Oh, oh, just straight suck, up sucking oxygen. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> trying to get acclimated. That's totally wow. it. Yeah, come from sea level and just come to the mountains and just come playing. So we hiked up there the first morning and we left early, you know, and we got up there and and got close to him. Like we got there right to the meadow that was kind of where he was at, but he fed into the timber into this little secluded pocket meadow in there. And so we rolled up and then spotted him right there. Yeah, it was, um, what, what were we, 80 yards right off the bat? I think I ranged a cow at 74 yards that he was rutting, and uh, it was on. We, yes. We, we were creeping through the woods after him. Yep. Did he ever, he never bugled, did he? He never, the, cows weren't talking, he wasn't bugling, nothing was going on. You you just caught the tip of his antlers as he was grazing, and we thought he was alone at first. And, and then we saw the cows come in, and he was rutting those cows, and Man, if he, if he had just come back after that one cow, we probably would have had a sixty yard shot on him. But, but oh, were yeah. you guys just following him for like hour eighty yards the whole time, hour, hour and, and a half, half, just creeping, just, just creeping through the woods? And, Dude, that sounds awesome. And then we lost him for a period of time, and and spotted him again, and um, creeping through these woods trying to find him, and and all of a sudden we lost him again and I, I thought I spotted one and I, I kind of kneeled down and sure enough, this cow is just staring at my movement, kneeling down and we paused for a while 
and they and then the the bull came in and and rutted her out and they kind of ran off and i needed water so bad unzip my pack and the minute i started unzipping my pack that cow barked at us and i i don't know how she heard the zipper on the pack but she did they were probably 120 yards at that point mm mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, well, we don't even know if that was it. I, I mean, the it could have been the wind. I, I it don't know. It could have been anything. It, it's yep. just, it, it's, I mean, there were gunshots in the valley below from bird hunters, but man, I, I, I thought for sure, I just needed a sip of water and lesson learned, you know, suck it up, keep yeah. going. Well, we had been chasing them forever and we'd get close and then they'd put some distance between us and then we'd catch back up and relocate them, see them first, watch them just go through the timber and you can only move so much and you're trying to chase a herd with a bull in it, you know? Yeah. And so you're, you're just trying to cat and mouse the herd and trying to get a play to get in front of them or get, you know, watch them start to bed right before they start to bed, they'll feed around a bunch, you know? And so they kind of feed around and stop moving where you can kind of make plays. And then if you can see them bed down and actually see them there, that's a high percentage play. And so we're just trying to keep with them and trying to get a move on them. But yeah, it was fun the first morning, but no bugles. We didn't hear any bugles. No bugles. Were, I mean, that was a beautiful six by six. Oh yeah. I mean, nice I'm, six point. I, you, you threw me into the woods uh, right off the plane, not acclimated to the altitude, hiked 2,000 feet, and, and we're in a bowl. I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, minutes. We were two minutes behind shooting that bowl. Oh, oh the whole we time. So were. Yep. But fun to move around them and play the game. And I, gosh, I like to play it that way where, you, you know, when he's got cows, I don't even call at him. I just want to move with him. And I just, and, and every time you creep up and have to relocate him over a ridge or through the timber, you got to keep your eyes peeled. And there's two of us and you've got really good eyes too. And so you never know who's going to spot what first. And, and you always... Like we switch positions and, and you're in the front position and I'm off your shoulder and we're just trying to catch a, a cow or a glimpse or a tan or a this, but you have to see them first. That's the game. And so constantly moving slow and using your binos and sometimes too slow. Sometimes you need to move fast to catch up to them. Yep. Isn't that true? Janus, you know true. about moving fast from tonight, yeah. right? Oh man. <laughs> Brian, Brian is trying to kill me tonight. <laughs> I'm not used to running down the mountain. You know, 45 minutes up and 15 minutes down it was just crazy <laughs> and hey we got a shot we were on them man. yeah that was, that was intense yeah so. well just breathing so hard from yeah. the run down and just western hunting how it goes and we just needed 30 more seconds or a minute on that bowl and so he was in oh, the perfect man, spot close. i mean sometimes the elk just win and um yeah. we perfect spot you said it was you were watching from below and you said it was when the bull ran into the cows so we just saw a bunch of cows but we've seen elk all week and so oh, man, every we figured day. like there's a bull with them and you thought you saw a bull there but we were going oh, up I, no matter what so i'm i'm tagged out so i i couldn't go up with you guys and i sat in the truck and i, I didn't want to be a third person blowing everybody out anyway blowing the scent out and uh i'm glassing from the truck and I see 10 cows bedded in the meadow and you guys are stocking up. I'm like, there's gotta be a bull in there. There's gotta be a bull. And sure enough, all of a sudden this bull just comes running out of the woods. Cows are bedded and he just starts ramming these cows with his antlers. Get up, get up, get up. Pushes them all out of the meadow and then just starts grazing by himself. And and these cows <laughs> just run on my grass. These cows just run up right where you guys need to get to shoot that bull. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my god, this is the worst scenario possible. This is this is horrible. 
Yep. And and I got to watch it all play out, and it was awesome to watch, but so frustrating at the same time. Oh, we were so close. He was he was just in the perfect pocket, and we we saw him early, like it's storming again and raining, and we went to this vantage point, and all of a sudden, there's all these cows up there, and so we race up the mountain, and this country, it's just deceiving. It doesn't look that bad, but <laughs> it is steep. You just gained so much so elevation deceiving. just to climb up to where that bowl is. We had 45 minutes of just hard going as quick as we could go up that hill. Oh, yeah. It looks like a nice little meadow, and then you get up there, and it's almost vertical. You know, and then you get to the top, and you got, like, three choices. You're like, do I go to the mound on the right side? Do I go right up this little gut? Or do I go up into the timber up here and try to get on top of them? You know, and we made we made a call, and I think it was a pretty good call. It was just, you know, that one cow just kind of snuck up the meadow. Yeah. And then not to mention those grouse that spooked. Yeah, it spooked four grouse out of the saddle right above him. Yeah. Probably got the attention there. You know, Probably should have taken a five, ten-minute break. But yep. then that voice in your head says, go take a look now. Go yep. take a look now. You yep. know, And you just want to get there. But we were moving up slow. We chose the saddle to tar- – or pr- kind of the edge of the timber yep. right there. And we crept up, and we were going so slow, looking left, looking right, looking yep. down below us, just trying to relocate him over the ridge and had a cow come up on our left side at – 30, 40 yards. Yeah, it was, the cow was like 30 yards. The rest of them were like 115, you know what I mean? what is that cow doing there? <laughs> <It's totally> <laughs> it. <laughs> Man, so it. So, yeah. And, and we, you know, it's frustrating. You know, hunting elk, you have blown scenarios where you'll put miles in for this opportunity to go get close and go play the game. And, and just like us earlier this week, like we had a play on a, on a nice six-point bowl that we had waited on and we went down in there and the wind got funky in there, and then you don't even get a chance at them. And, and so the wind has been one of the major challenges that we've had, trying to get the stocks right with these mountain winds and trying to know what it's doing and when to make your move. But, yeah, tonight we got busted by sight. We had a perfect wind. Yeah, wow. I mean, yep. it, you could beat yourself up over it, but, I mean, either way you look at it, it could have gone the wrong way. I think I think we made a good choice. You know, we just got busted. Yes. It happens. Oh, yeah, right. They're going to win sometimes. And so then we watched them go down below us in the open, and, and we stayed motionless. There was only one cow that ever saw us, and she just kept barking, and the whole herd with a nice stand-up five in there, you know, they were – they were barking and running down the hill and then you know we could hear some bugles up the hill which is probably going to be us in the morning there was some bugles going off up the hill but we didn't know if we had enough time to get to them and so we sat on this knob contemplating what we were going to do either go try to cut off this bull that we spooked down below us the one cow and they kind of ran down below us and cut across the hill or go chase bugles up higher but they sounded a ways off Oh man, but they were going off. You know, they were they were mad at each other. There was three or four of them up there, and every time we tried to think about what to do, I'd be like, "Oh, maybe we should go after this one." They were just on. He's right below us. There'd be a a huge bugle up above, and then another one. I'm like, "Shoot, maybe we should go after those." And um, we just we waited there for about five minutes, you know, which was probably about thirty seconds too long, and decided <laughs> to go after these other ones. And, Brian took off like a jackrabbit, and I was trying to keep up with him, man. It was it was, it was a track, you know. Oh, we pushed, yeah. We were trying to cut him off because we had a giant coulee, and it was all open down below us. But this giant coulee on our right side with the wind right, and these elk took this long route around, but then they were going to cross that coulee down below us. But yep. they kept working down and away from us. So um, we made our decision, and so uh, we took off on our best track sprint down – the steep slope down there to try to cut them off in that coulee. Dude, I was like, we were just here like five minutes ago. 
<laughs> we, we got all the way up there. We were there for five minutes and had to just race back down. It, I mean, it was literally like 40 minutes to get up and 15 down. I mean, I got to watch that oh. whole thing unfold. And oh, uh, how epic <laughs> to watch and how frustrating at the same time. It was awesome, man. I have never run down a mountain so fast. <laughs> it's, it's, had, hard, it's hard chasing Brian up the mountain and down the mountain. Dude, you're telling me. Yeah. I mean, we got down there and I ran up to Brian. I'm just beat i couldn't even breathe brian's sitting there just you know calm as anything (laughs) i'm just like i'm just like dude were you running (laughs) (laughs) whatever yeah we uh we both did good we pushed down there and gosh we were just seconds away from getting where that bull was going to cross that coulee and and sit down with a perfect win and let him just cross it 30 yards and stick him you know but um we, yeah, just, we it, just missed it, man. Yeah, just missed him. Yep, for sure. It was close, though. I mean, what do you do? That was our play for the night. So tomorrow morning, we got, like, one more day unless you move your flight. But um, we know where a few bulls are. They're just yep. way up the mountain. We just got to go chase them. Yeah, right, go next gain to, a, right next to the gut pile. Right right next to my, <laughs> my carcass with the grizzly sitting on it. <laughs> yeah, that, we're going to have to good... give that one a wide berth. <laughs> yeah, it's a little scary, you know. I'd, right. I'd rather you, face you, a shark. I gave you my handgun. You're good. Well, I, the last time I shot a handgun was probably 10 years ago. <laughs> and I don't think I could hit a beer can like 10 feet in front of me. <laughs> I, I, I've never shot that handgun. I just bought it about two days ago. <laughs> we don't even know if it fires. That's right. Yeah, right. I trust it. All I know is there's elk up there because they were going off, you know, and there's nothing like hearing an elk, you know, three, oh. 400 yards away just going off, and then another one it screaming back at it. So it was exciting. constant tonight. And that was just – that was, we were up there the morning before, and you shot a, a giant. Yeah, they're they're up there. It's it's the party. You, Brian said, let's find the party, and we found the party. Yeah. yeah, we just keep looking for that massive elk that has a bunch of different bulls and a bunch of different cows and where they're hanging out and doing their deal. And I just – Kept telling the guys, like, that's what we got to find. We got to keep covering miles until we find the party and can go get into a bunch of them, you know, because that's when you kill one. Yeah. It, it, you know, you can kill one on a lone chance. In the first backpacking trip, we did a ton of miles and we went and checked one giant drainage that's always good for me. And there was wallows down in the bottom and we, there wasn't an elk in there to be seen or heard, but I just know, you know, if elk are in country, you see them or you hear them. I'm pretty convinced. Okay. You showed me an elk the first day. And then you took me on, I don't even know how many mile, 6,000 vert, <laughs> down down sliding mountain that I skied down. Yeah. Just, well, it doesn't have any people for a reason. It, yeah. It takes there's, a lot there's of There's no people up there. there. There's no elk up there. We're just going to test you, <laughs> make sure that you can do this stuff, and then we're going to just go shoot an elk right up this mountain over here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was the case, but just got to find him. And so we went way up high crossed on this gnarly traverse up oh, there on man. the top of the mountain I, at about i think that's like 10 it, 90, it was 98 i think 98 <laughs> we started at six yeah oh yeah so we crossed the gnarly traverse and i told you well we can't do this back when it's wet or when we get snow or you're never going to get me to cross it back anyway <laughs> yeah <'cause> it's too <laughs> sketchy <laughs> it was only sketchy in the shoot other than that yeah. it was fine i i mean i i I've hunted tar in New Zealand. I hunt Hawaii in our sketchy lava terrain, and that was that was hairy. I, I was nervous, and you got to have trekking poles in that terrain, no oh, doubt. Oh, it helps so much, you, doesn't you it? You have to. Yep. And, um, well, and the pack of 
we're traveling with our camp at this point. Yeah, I so mean, we camped above the thirty-seven one pound night. pack, which is going in light. But man, I, well, that's not including handguns and bear spray and everything else. Yep. So forty-five pound pack, but um, still, it, it was it was hairy. Oh yeah. Yep. Tough to be light, isn't I, it? I, like I just we just kept pulling stuff out. I just kept telling you we got to go light. We got to travel miles. I think I weighed in at 29 pounds with my handgun, and so I took the <laughs> I took the gas from you. So I was I was 31 pounds. I was so light, but gosh, it's what you need when you got to climb mountains and move your camp and find elk. And so we went over the top of that thing, and then we found a good six point bull down below us. And you know I don't call too much anymore. I love that just stalking, and um, you you just don't let them know you're there, and you try to cut them off, get in front of them, or move in on them, and so. We, we played it that way, but we found a bull that was bugling at 11, 12 in the morning oh, and just going nuts. He, it, we, we had a decision to make, and in hindsight, did we make the wrong decision? I don't know, but, I mean, that bull was just tearing up the hillside wanting to find cows, and he was solo. But then we saw a couple more, uh, her, another herd off to the distance and some bugling, um, and we decided not to go in after him just to not bump everything out of there. It's the way I like to, to play it, I and know. it paid off in the end. It did, Like absolutely. you keep making those plays, and eventually it comes together, you know. But but you guys had hunted elk before too and done a lot of calling after him yep. and been successful. Yep. Sean shot that great bull with you guys. And we and had, we had opportunities. called him in and yep. had chances, but – and all tactics work, you know, yep. it's just kind of what you prefer for the country you hunt. And in this country, I just like to play them mornings and evenings on their feeding feature. Unless they're bugling really hard, I'll follow them into the timber and try to get a play on them. But, you know, other than that, I let them go to their beds and kind of leave them alone. Unless I know, you know, that exact elk position or I coyote them to their beds, like follow them to their beds and watch them bed down. Other than that, I just wait and get a play in the evening. Well, I mean, we were we were 100 yards on that bull that evening, mm-hmm. and the wind just screwed us up. Yeah. Oh, we couldn't get a good wind. I, I, mean, I know better, but you're just trying to hunt them on the lee wind side. Well, thermals are going to kick in. I mean, there, there was we knew the thermals were going to kick in, and we just didn't realize thermals were going to kick in after dark. Yeah. And sure enough, we're walking out, and it's blowing hard right in our face. And it just it just didn't work out. It wasn't just wasn't meant Isn't to be. Isn't that the truth? Wasn't yeah. the right bowl. Well, and we could not. We got over that hillside, and I wanted to get far enough over the ridge to get a read on what the wind was doing. So you keep thinking it's going to change the farther you get down or the farther you get in that canyon. But it just kept going every which way we had no, but the way yeah. we needed. And the way we needed was the dominant wind direction in a downhill thermal at the last hour of light. Like, yeah. that's not too much to ask no, for. No, <laughs> That was, like, what it should have done. I, I mean, know? we we sat on that hillside for two hours, and, like, that's where we need to be. There's no doubt that is where we need to be. And we got there, and we, we had blown him out getting down there. Yeah. Nice six-point. He had these cranking big fronts and, and cranking third. You know, it – he didn't have the biggest fifth in the world, but wide nice, wide just bowl. good bull. Yeah. And so yeah, after spooking him, we found him in the avalanche shoot the next day. Yeah. He bugled a couple times, disappeared in the timber, and then we tried to play the wait for him game and thought he'd feed out in that avalanche shoot throughout the day, and he never did. Then that storm rolled in. And, oh, oh, man. <laughs> we got the mega storm. The mountain storm, hail, and we, we started a fire, and oh, man, it – you looked at me at one point, should we get in our tents? Like, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden the fire went out because it was flooding around us. 
oh, it poured. He's like, does it ever rain hard here? And I'm all, no. It, uh, you know, we get these storms that roll through. It's, it's not, not a big deal. Not a Hawaii rain. It, it's you... not a Hawaii rain. And it, it gave us a Hawaii rain for four hours. And the lightning just went off above us. And thank goodness we camp in good spots. I mean, we just traversed a big open ridge. And, you know, the only flat spot is on the ridge. I mean, uh, we dug out our beds and just like little elk beds that were just, they took like 20 minutes of work to even get them tolerable. And so we got dirt built up and we're on a side hill and it starts to come down it was yeah it was heavy i at one point the water was rushing because we dug out these beds the water was rushing underneath my tent between the floor of my tent and the the tent itself and i got a little worried i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> if, if my sleeping bag gets soaked and we're up here it's yeah, hailing it's way cold back in there we're two days back in we're, we're two days back in and and this this could get hairy at, at some point and luckily it let up and everything was relatively dry well manage your gear right you just yeah. got to get in there and you soaked up the water with your socks and then you you fixed where the water was coming in and the water wasn't coming in like it was a river. It, it was, was. I got lucky and it poured by my tent and, and then went, went hit down my tent. Yeah, I think I think you you created a little <laughs> channel around yours into my tent because I was right below you and oh man, it it was coming down. Yeah, safe spot to camp. We finally picked. Not too many deadfalls uh, over us. And then we and you know we're talking about grizzlies. Don't don't put your camp on a hard trail. Don't you know? Don't don't put it on a ridge line. They're gonna follow a hard trail to a main main area they want to go and you know we we set up camp kind of late in the day next day i'm looking around sure enough i find grizzly claw marks in a tree with hair <laughs> oh it's probably an elk or something five yards from our tents and then uh the water source the only water source on the whole mountain is what this hard trail is going to so yeah well, you want to be by the water <laughs> i did want to be by the water <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just a tough spot to set up, and we wanted to be as high on the mountain as we could be. And I had a couple good camp spots that I used, but they were over towards the elk. So we didn't want them to get our wind, and so we started looking for a campsite, like in an undesirable spot on this side hill, and just trying to find a spot. Knew we had to be off the ridge for lightning. We found a couple spots that were really flat and looked really good. The one had this giant 5,000-pound tree that was leaning <laughs> over the beds, and I was like, no, I don't, can't sleep here on no, this flat the, bench. The deadfall was too scary as yeah, well. Yeah, so we yeah. finally found a safe spot, which was a safe spot. We rode out the storm, and uh, man, I mean – you guys hear me talk about lightning. That, oh, that was that was intense. Like yeah. I, I tried to record it. I'm lying in my tent for four hours with hail and rain and rivers underneath me. Yeah, I got that video before I came out here. Yeah, and, I mean that was before I came out. I was like, oh, I'm glad I stayed behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't give up that experience for anything. That yeah, was, and you know you just gotta. I mean. You're stuck with a scenario, and you got to make the best of it. And like you said, you told me on the phone, you're like, you know, <clears throat> it was rainy and pouring. There's a river coming through, and I was a little worried, you know. But you, you kept your cool, and you pulled your, pulled your pad up, and you made it through, and you didn't get your sleeping bag wet, and everything was all good in the morning. And yeah, my tent leaked. Gosh, I've got, I've got good gear. Um, I got this new Hilberg tent this year that I was so psyched on, and and then um, 
a buddy needed it for a sheep hunt or a guy's buddy needed it for a sheep hunt. And so I had to send it out to him. And so I'm back to my last year's tent, which isn't a bad one or anything, but a couple years use on it. And I mean, as hard as it was raining, it was sprinkling in my tent. And I mean, I had that last year in the breaks too, in my other single, single wall tent, but I just need to set them up and waterproof them again, I think. But yeah, it was raining so hard, but yeah, that's where you're trying to manage your stuff. Keep your sleeping bag dry, keep your gear dry, dry bags are important then and you know make sure the flow is around your tent and just manage all scenarios but the lightning some some of those things i mean it doesn't bother me when i hear lightning and there's a storm going on but when it's in your drainage and right above you where you hear that that you see it the light and it and then it pops right afterwards like oh my gosh it shakes your tent so loud it was hitting within 200 yards of our tent yeah or right above us right above us i mean it it was i like i said i i tried to film it the I've got minutes of film, and every time I'd shut off the camera, we'd it, get a boomer. We'd get a boomer, and and it was it was intense. Doesn't it, it make that nice. make your heart just jump into your throat for a little bit and start beating? And like, God, that was close. Like <laughs> what those ones do to me, anyways. You know, and I've been in some bad lightning storms, and I just learned my lessons o- over the years. I just I make sure I camp in a good spot for that yeah. stuff. And we knew the storm was coming in, and it it rained, but it did let up. We got out that evening. Um, did we no. see anything? Oh uh, yeah, we hunted that evening. Um, that was the that was the evening after. Oh, the bull we, never we, came we out. We sat on that bull all morning, and then we went back to eat lunch. And that storm hit. Thank God, we would have been stuck away from our camp yeah. in that storm. Which usually isn't a big deal, but that was that, a bad one. That was a bad one. And we, yeah, we went back hoping that bull would be there, and he was long gone. It mm-hmm. was crickets that night. Mm-hmm. So then uh, we packed out. Packed out to a different spot, called in a shuttle ride for my dad. He drove us back to our truck. But, yeah, coming out, oh, I took the shale. I, it's been a long time since I've been down there, and I um, I don't run a GPS. Robin may make fun of me for it, but I've got a GPS in my head where I kind of remember every spot I've been. But, but you kind of push out things, too. You only got so much hard drive up there. And, and yeah, I, I think there's water over here. Oh, maybe that's not quite the spot. Or I, I think the trail goes this way. Oh, we, we get cliffed out. But your GPS is pretty good most of the time. Yeah, yeah. well, I find I find the main drainages anyways or the main <laughs> spots. I did walk us right to that old camp, which is just tucked in the middle of nowhere. And I swear there was a spring below there, and we looked for it. And then I asked my dad later, and he's all, no, you got to go off into that canyon in the left. I totally thought there was a spring in there, but we found water. What did we dig uh, out we, of? A, we dug out a, a elk wallow. Who knows the, how gnarly that was? Oh, it wasn't exactly an elk wallow. There was elk wallows above it. I don't and know. It, I think it went into the mountain. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you think you had your but, filter. Yeah, well, it clogged the filter. That's how gnarly it, it was. It was yeah. a brand new filter. It, it seemed like a spring coming out in that draw. We dug out a hole, and it was pretty dirty. I mean, we could have waited for it to that, clear. That was five six days ago we're not sick we're good yeah yeah cleaned it it's fine yeah, we're good yeah, Made it. water is a filter water filter worked yeah i've i've drank some water that i've had to get out of this high mountain pond this one time and um it tasted like elk piss smells <laughs> it <was laughs> like it just tasted i couldn't take the taste away from it or anything and you but. drank it without filtering it no tablets Oh, yeah, I always filter it or treat it. Right. Yeah, I I can't remember what I treated it with at that point, you know, whether it was a pump. It was probably a light, which kills all the bacteria as long as the water is clean. So you and still see-through. taste the grit. Oh, you still <laughs> taste the elk. Yeah, I've been rolling in there. Um, but, yeah, uh, water's just a life 
blood of the backcountry. You just need it everywhere you go, everything you do. Yep. It's important that, to know where it is. That first camp, I mean, we got back there, and it just felt so elky. I mean, the wallows, every, it's been so hot, and you got just awesome wallows right below camp and just no elk sign. Nope. And usually this week is hot in there, but – you know, every year it's different conditions, whether it's drier, whether it's wetter, where the feed is. And so it's just, it just takes a while to get dialed in. And I've always done good in this drainage this week. I mean, I've had where there's a dozen bulls in that drainage. The party's there. The party's what we're looking for. Yeah. We want to find the party of elk. And so we rolled out of that drainage, side-hilled over, hunted that different drainage, found that six, another five, made a couple plays, hiked out, and then uh, met Janus at the house, started whitetail hunting, and then... You know, yeah. as soon as it cleared and we could get back to elk hunting. With a storm for two two days? Two days solid. Two days where solid. Where you couldn't see anything on the map. I think it was three days, actually, that we couldn't even hunt because, you know, I was – yeah, I think it was three days. And then the, the minute it cleared up, you know, that evening we went out. And we spotted boom, those Boom, we elk. were on elk. Yeah, we spotted those elk. Same spot yeah. that we were on them the first day. Which is yep. why it, glassing is so important, like you were saying earlier. I think someone gave you a call. I mean – which is really cool. You got a call from some random somebody who's you didn't even know. You know, called you up was looking for some tips. You know, and uh, you were telling them how important glassing is. You know, yeah, getting out there and just finding the elk and and you guys did a lot of that work before I even came out, which was cool. And you're like, let's go glass this other spot. And sure enough, they were right there in the same spot. Yeah. So we we finally found the elk. They were in the same spot, and and so we just. Went straight up the mountain and tried to get on them up and through there. There's a parking lot up there, and there was nobody in the parking lot. But we did see a guy glassing up yeah. in there, and it's just like, ah, we see elk. They're in that spot they were a few days ago. Like, we just got to go get up there and make a push. Like, we yep. got two, three hours to get up there, yep. and it's 2,000 feet of climbing. I'm not sure everybody wants to go climb up there, but we saw elk. It's been three days. We're hungry for it. We drove up and started hiking up there. and. And the guy actually drove up behind us and followed, but it's just public land. We're yep. all welcome there. Everybody yep. handles everything different. And, you know, what do you do? You just go up and try to make your best play at them. Got to be the first guy in. Yep. <laughs> Got to be the it's first your, guy it's in. Your and best play. For the majority of the time, we've been able to be by ourselves, but it's. It's also tough when elk show up in a spot where you can see them. You know, it's yep. it's like got to make your play. So we got up first and started pushing up the hill hard. And um, that was your first time up that, that hill. That was the first morning of elk hunting evening. for me anyway. That was an evening. First evening, yeah. Yeah. And yep. yeah, we got like halfway up and then Robin right. spotted some elk on the left, which is actually the same spot we were tonight. I think it was the same elk. I think elk it was the you, same elk. Same elk you were on. Yeah. Yeah, so I was you, on. You said, I'm going to go for these ones, and yep. you and Janus go up to the top and go hunt, you know. And so, yeah, you went after that bull. We got up there, and instantly we're an elk, and I can tell oh, we're yeah. in the party. There's bugling, cow calling. All oh, of a sudden, yeah. this bull's running up from the lower pond down in and through there, and he's running up chasing some cows. And they come by us at, what, 150 or 200 yards, something like that, maybe yeah. a little farther? Yeah, maybe a little farther, but it was it was close. Yep, and so they came up, and that was your first elk you got to see, just this nice-looking six-point. And so we have to hold still for, like, 10, 15 minutes, and I'm thinking the whole time, like, God, is this guy going to catch us, you know, behind us? But you can only – once you get up there, you just got to play your gig and hunt the elk, and you can't worry about what anybody else is doing. And for the most part, we were all alone by ourselves the whole week and a half we've been elk hunting or week we've been elk hunting. It was just this time we had a guy that was rolling uh, up yeah. to go get into him too. So you split off. We went up, and then we started uh, – those elk ran by us. 
we got up on top, and then you spotted a bull bedded that was at like 80 yards above us. Yeah, he was at 80 yards. I mean, we knew that guy was behind us, so we were kind of pushing up the mountain, you know, trying to trying to stay ahead of him, get on that herd of elk, you know, and then all of a sudden I just look up, and there's – I mean, it was a decent-looking 6 by 6 and yeah, it was just staring at us. I'm like, he's like 80 yards, you know, Brian's ranging. It's 80 yards. I mean, there's a bunch of bushes in the way. I, I couldn't get a shot. takes a couple steps towards us. I'm like, holy shit crap he's gonna walk right towards us and then he just kind of runs off to the left and brian, yep. brian tried to make a call but he didn't stop he took off he was just satellite i think yeah mouth called at him yeah cow called there yeah. was elk you, just going off that night. everywhere yeah. i mean i i was in a completely different area from you guys and there were five bulls just screaming and you guys had like five or six bulls screaming at least we were in the party and I, I thought you guys were using a hoochie mama or something with the amount of cow calls I oh. heard. And it was just the cows going after, nuts. After the yep. storm, you know, it, it pushed these elk to this spot. And we looked at the right spot and found the major migration of them. And they're just in there hot. And that's what you want to find is the party. And so we went in and started playing, all of us. Just getting on bulls, getting the wind right, not stalking recklessly. We got on a super nice six point, right? Like this beautiful, you know, just hammer of a bull. Oh, man. And, and so... We were watching him, and he had – I mean, you thought he had 50 cows. I thought he had 35 or 40, but he had a bunch of cows He was way. a stud. Yeah, and so we just – we got into 100 yards of him, and we had other smaller bulls. Like there was a like a two-by-three that was at 50 yards from us, and then cows all in between. And this bull just chased his cows in front of us and bugled and tried to breed them and just the prettiest place on planet Earth. And we just sat there for an hour and a half, had no play to make, no other way to get on them, and just sat there with a good wind and just watched them rot. Yeah, this is right after the storm, you know, so the skies were blue. You can see all the fresh snow on the mountains. We were looking into the valley, and there's just this giant bull right in front of us at like 100 yards, just bugling, chasing his cows around. There was a pretty little lake right below it. I mean, it was just picturesque oh know. so awesome that was the first morning i went out evening <laughs> evening <laughs> <laughs> it's all blending together it does um so yeah we were just waiting for our play and we were waiting for him to feed over the ridge and we had slid 10 yards closer on our butts when we could but then we were just froze there forever uh you were sitting in some snow you enjoyed that uh, yeah that was kind of cold you always said you wanted to hunt in the snow coming from hawaii I mean, I was there. We sat there for about 45 minutes. Finally, I'm like, Brian, you got to give, give me my jacket out of my pack, man. I'm freezing. I start shaking. I'm like, I don't even know if I can make this shot. If it comes up this way, I'm not going to be able to shoot. So Brian uh, unzipped my pack and got me my jacket. I put that on. and I have to tell him, freeze. They're looking, you yeah. know, or, okay, you can move. And it he just really slowly just get his jacket on so he didn't freeze to death I mean, or we get hypothermia up there. Pretty much sitting there in the open, you know, in the grass. Yep. That was cool. Oh, it's way cool. And so they finally fed over the ridge, and we thought we had them and rolled down with the exact same wind we'd had for an hour and a half, rolled down and crept over where the last one was, and they were gone. They were way down the mountain. Now, I don't know if that guy below us made a play at him and, and spooked him or if our wind shifted, but anyways, we we busted the bowl, you know. Yeah, and, well, Robin seen the guy below. I mean, it's hard to wh Where speculate. he was and where those elk came out, I'm pretty sure he made a play on him and, mm -hmm. and blew him out. Yep, and then they ran – all the way across the mountainside, but over, you know, by your I, feature I, that you were hunting. And I, you, you had a play on a bull earlier that night. I was 100 yards on that bull for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. And I knew the wind was going to blow me out. And I just was pinned on this hillside, laying in snow, freezing. 
drop my pack like 40 yards below me, <laughs> just shivering. And, and as soon as the cows got to where I thought they would blow out, sure enough, they blew out. But that, that bull had already uh, actually gone up after some bugles up in the hillside. He was chasing another bull up there. So I don't know if I would have had a play on him regardless. But um, then, yeah, your bull came screaming across the hillside maybe 200 yards below me, and I sprinted down, and I got within probably 90 yards of him trying to cut him off and just couldn't get a shot. They were moving too fast. Mm -hmm. And it turns out to be, looks like, turns out to be the bull I shot the next morning. Yeah, so I got some awesome pictures of it. I've been thinking in the back of my head that maybe that was your bull that I got the pictures of. You know, he was just this giant heavy bull that we watched and – appreciated all night long and chase but i was thinking that might be your bull so me and janus we finished up we spooked that bull towards you you made a play on him and then we made a play around the mountain like we didn't have a whole bunch of light left but you know we both decided like let's go over the mountain go see what's over there so we rolled over and instantly started seeing more bulls and hearing bugles and it was going off over there. that's when they really turned on man i was just like holy crap right these things are just going nuts over here you know we saw like a a five point up on the hillside with a cow and a calf and then looked down below them and then saw like a nice six point with a herd of cows down there and then could just hear bugles up and beyond us and so you know we decided like let's make this climb like up to this deal or we saw him moving through an open feature and remember i told you like i've watched elk there enough and i've even killed my buddy chase killed a really nice six point in that meadow and so like i i said you know hey i think they're gonna come out on this meadow you told me exactly what they were gonna do and they did it (laughs) i couldn't believe it yeah sometimes you get it right and it's amazing how fast they cross that timber yeah really quick and then they started piling out and i think another bull joined them came down from the top or something and then all of a sudden we heard a bull just over the ridge from us and we set up by a tree and and he bugles again he's close you know and we can tell he's close and hear cow calls and there's just elk moving everywhere we're starting to get into that late light yeah it was getting dark and we're just like shoot we better just we better try and creep in on him because we're we're running out of light fast. And we made it like 15 yards. Oh, yeah, if and, that. And then <laughs> I, I grabbed your pack. There was a cow right there coming over the ridge, and we froze, and I, I pulled your pack down, remember? Yeah. Like, so I pulled down so we were both kneeling, and then I was your range find guy, backup shooter. You were yep. leading in the front with your bow, and, and all these cows started to come over and filter at like 25, 30 yards right there. Yeah, there was a couple close. I swear there was a couple at like 10 yards. I couldn't believe it. I was freaking out. I was like, holy crap. And we were in the open, but they just didn't spot us moving. It was and dark. You know, it, yeah, I mean, it was getting it was, late. It was, it was at that dusk hour. You know, I mean, it's hard to see. Harder for animals to see and harder for me to see, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And so then that bull walked up and – and so, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, – we let all the cows filter by, and then the bull came by right there, there, and we were close on him. 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took a 30-yard shot. You know, I hit him a little high. I, it was it was a little dark, you know, and I kind of rushed it because as soon as I drew back, I mean, all the, the cows were right there at like 15, 20 yards, and they, they jumped a little. As soon as I drew back in the in – the, the bull did a little – you know how they do a little jerk, and then they looked at us. You know, I thought he was going to bolt. I probably should have taken a little time, more time with the shot, but um, I took a shot and I hit him a little high. I, mean, I thought I, I thought you had him. I, I thought you had top of lungs. I put a rage through him, and and that thing had some good penetration, you know. But it was dark, and um, we were up there, so we we backed out of there and 
tried to find it the next morning, but it was it was that kind of spotty blood trail where you just see. It was a weird blood trail. I've never I've tracked a lot of animals and that thing was zigzagging up and it was like he was rutting cows with an arrow in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He he was zigzagging all over the place, up the mountain, down the mountain, around the mountain. Yeah. It was the spotty, you know, you just find specks of blood. I mean there was a couple little good spots where you're like, Oh, that looks like good blood, all right, perfect. But then it just pitter Dry off up. yeah you know and then you wouldn't find any blood and then you just find spots anytime you just find little drops i mean you don't know that i mean maybe maybe i did hit him really good and he was just the blood was just filling up his his lungs and his cavity you know it's happened yeah i mean it's um and it happens to all of us and i gosh i really thought it was top of lungs so it was right it was perfect left and right and it was just high like three quarters up the body there yeah. i swear it's top of lungs like um but there, you know, there is a spot up there too. You know, the guys call it the hollow spot. Like yeah. I don't know, like just weird stuff happens. You put an arrow. We didn't get an exit. All we got was an entrance. But you did run a, a large expandable through him. Yeah. Man, I thought you got top of lungs and he'd fill w- with blood and die. And we looked and I mean we followed the blood trail and just so spotty and zigzagging and I mean we'd go stretches of fifty yards, hundred yards where we wouldn't find any blood in the snow. Oh, like we, he, we looked for three hours, you know, and then I went back and looked all in the woods below and above it. I mean, I looked everywhere. Zigzag, yeah, we, we looked hard. Yeah, we looked and, pretty hard. I mean, yeah, it's it's bow hunting. Sadly, it's it, it is bow hunting. It's yeah. the reality of it. It, it, it no does matter. happen to yep. Yep. all sure. of us. I mean, that was the next morning when we were looking for it. We, back, we backed out that evening. Yep, gave him all night. Yep. Didn't push him all night. I, I knew exactly where the shot was. I yep. watched it hit and, yep. you know, I – so it's three quarter up the body. Let's back out and give him tonight and let him die. And you know, and 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 we'll still go back and make another pass through there and just see if we can't locate him somewhere. But yeah, we look forever trying to track down the blood trail and then zigzag back and forth through the timber. And then you went back in there for a few hours to zigzag through the timber in and through there. But yeah, he just, just couldn't he find him. Made it too far. And like any time you lose that blood, it sucks. Yeah, I mean it happens. It's, yeah, it's not the first time it's happened. It probably won't be the last. Yep, that's you know, it, it, it hurts just the same. Yeah, I mean, it, it, def- sucks. it definitely does. I, I feel does. for you, but it, yeah, we we put in our effort to look for him. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, at least it, yeah, it wasn't lack of effort for sure. I mean, it's just it just sucks that there's an animal out there that's got my arrow in it. You know, I that always kind of hurts me a little bit. Yeah, well, I've shot a couple bulls with broadhead marks. They're just the toughest animal on planet yep. Earth. You know, and I centered the rib on one that I found next day rutting that I followed his blood trail yeah. like a mile around. So, you know, they just – they live from shots, and they you, – you can't recover an animal that doesn't die. Exactly. I like, I to, mean, I like to believe he's still alive. He's going he's gonna to live and, you know. Yep, for sure. But so we, we went up in the morning, and then we started hunting, and, and so we were hunting for Robin, you know. And, time we go, at like 4 in the morning we got up? Yeah. Well, we, we knew there was another hunter that knew there was bulls in there. So we yep. – we said, all right, we're going to wake up earlier than anybody, and we're going to get up here earlier than anybody. Uh, grizzly or no grizzly, we're going to be the first ones in the mountains. Yep, and four in the morning. Four in the morning. We, we were up hiking that hillside. Yeah, we're day hunting this spot because it's the spot, you know, where we can get down and make it back down to the house and come out. It's like you could camp up in there too, but there's just not many good spots where you're not camping in the elk. And you don't so, want to blow them out at nighttime. Yep. So we'd have to leave early and then we'd come home late, hunting mornings and evenings. But yeah, we went up there in the morning and we pushed hard in the dark and just got to the right spot as it was getting light and they were going off. Oh, it was just intense. You could hear the cows. You could hear the 
I mean, there were, I don't even know how many bulls were bugling around us and it's just getting light. Yeah, yeah, we're it, spotting elk on the far hillside. Yeah, you got that dark forest. You know, when the bugles are coming out of that dark forest, it just amplifies everything. You know, it sounds it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, the way those basins lay out yeah. too. Yeah, it just echoes throughout those canyons and then through there. And so, and and one of the biggest bugles is right by us, right in front of us, up the edge of that timber, right where we had got on that bull the first day. Yeah, I mean, we we were probably two hundred yards below where we got on that bull the first day. Yep. And uh, we, I think we spotted one of the cows in heat, just cruising fast with something behind him, yep. behind her, and, and we we saw him in the dark forest in there. It was it was we could I couldn't see my pins yet. It was still dark. Yeah. It's just that dusk when it's getting yeah. light. Yep. Yeah. And so then we started creeping in and started stalking in and playing the game. And they're in the forest chasing around, and we're trying to all look and see him so we can move a little bit closer and just get to the edge of the trees, just get to where we can reach in and just get a shot on that bull. And all of a sudden, he chases that cow out and around and towards the open meadow towards us and then turns and comes down by us. And that cow runs by us, and we all absolutely freeze. And, and then that <laughs> cow runs by us, and here comes the bull – and you drew at the perfect time. You drew when his head was behind the tree ready to shoot him, and then he steps out, and he's blocking his vitals, and we can see his head, and we can see his rump. That's it. That's all we could see. And uh, you, you're whispering in my ear, he's 40 yards, and I'm full draw at that point. And I swear it was five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, at one point I kind of flinched and almost let down, and I pulled it back, and you said, just keep it back. Keep it back. You're going to kill that bull. And and I think you said that twice. Yes. And, and uh, <laughs> I just know, like, and you know too. But when you let down that draw, that movement, and that bull was staring like holes through us, like staring at our direction, trying to figure out what we are. And we're frozen. You're at full draw, and I'm whispering, whispering in your ear, "Don't let down. Don't, you know, you're gonna kill that bull. I, Don't let down." I I swear, being drawn back that long is the reason I killed that bull. Because I had no buck fever at that point. I didn't even yeah. look at his antlers. At no point in time. I knew it was a bull because I did see him. But I, I think I asked you at one point, is that a legal bull? <laughs> <laughs> when he was at 80 yards and, and you looked at me and you were like, uh, that's a shooter. <laughs> yeah. Giant six point. And he asked me if it's a legal bull running through I, the I, I didn't want to look at his antlers at all. Yeah. I wanted no buck fever, or no yeah. bull fever oh, going right on. Thing. And so – yeah, finally, after what seemed like an eternity, well, he, he looks in our direction, and then he kind of turns like just to the side of us, or maybe he was looking just to the side of us and looks at us, and then just rips the biggest bugle just right in our face uh, at 40 yards. Just, just steaming spit, saliva, just... It was like one of those videos. I, was, I mean, we were all crammed. I was looking at him through the binos, so I had this front row view. He looks at us and just lets out this freaking scream and just snot yeah, steam coming yards. out. It was pretty amazing to see. Wasn't that? The truth. Oh, oh my that's God. those epic encounters you just dream of. Yeah. I just love those. And so then he stepped out and you put a shot on him and he ran out. And then he stopped again and you put another arrow through him. I, like I said, I, if I get a second shot, I'm going to put another arrow. And it, the second shot, I didn't have much of anything. And it didn't end up doing anything. No, I almost hit, almost spined him actually. Yep. But, you know, if, if you can get another arrow in an animal, do it. Good. Especially yeah. when you know you hit him the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I actually think the second arrow... I think the first arrow hit him in the lungs and filled his cavity, but I think the second arrow is the blood trail we had. Okay. I think it opened it up. Okay. Yeah, it sure could have. You know, those 
you know, different arteries and different veins and yeah, just more blood is, is better for sure. So yeah, yeah, on your entrance, you didn't get an exit. You only got an entrance and it was high in the cavity, but it got lungs and filled them up. But those are those blood trails like your bull that can be tough to follow. And so, you know, you just never know until you recover them. And so, yeah, uh, well, we actually gave him a couple hours and, and, and went over. And then you met up. There was two guys that were behind us that morning. And, you know, it isn't a real popular spot. It takes a ton of effort to get in there. Yeah. But just the party's in there. It's the weekend. It's right after the storm. Guys want to get in land. the hills. It's public land. And so two guys come up, and then yeah. they tracked you down and said, hey, we found a bull over here, you know. And, and you I, go, thought, I was like, no, about? shit. <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> so you followed him over, went and found a bull, and uh, found it was Robin's yeah. bull. And so then you came and got us, and so we didn't even blood trail him. You followed the blood trail back. To we f- knew where we found first blood, and it was pretty good there, you know. And so we would have tracked him down. But those yeah. two guys were really nice guys. Wisconsin, been Super hunting cool. out here four years, you yeah. know, and. And uh, so they were hunting and, and, you know, came and told you that they found this bull. Oh, they were in they just came out. And, and we and thought it was your bull at first. Dude, they were oh. in disbelief, man. They were like, what? You shot one last night? I'm like, yeah, we're looking for it right now. We shot another one this morning. They were just like awestruck. <laughs> 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 like, what? You guys are badasses. I'm like, yeah. Hey, which one did you find? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, um, when you get in the party like that, that's when you kill elk, you know. And oh, so, dude. yeah, you guys both had encounters and chances at them. And it was pretty amazing. So we were able to go up and recover your bull and what, just a beautiful six-point. He's so heavy, such big bases, such big fronts. I mean, what a bull. I, I mean, once-in-a-lifetime bull for me and, and to be a first bull, man. Yeah, me I mean, too. I, that's a I, giant. Yeah. He's a just, great one. Just awesome. I, I can't thank you and your wife enough or – housing me and and i mean i i love your family we we hung out in hawaii we hung out here but just such a good time yeah and no we've had a great time it's just so fun to share hunts with friends and yeah. go out and go hard and you've worked so hard for it we did so many miles just trying to find them and kept saying we just got to find the party we got to find where they're at and we finally found it went and got into him and then you killed the biggest bull in the group you know just this great big one turns out it was your bull huh janus yeah, that was the bull we were sitting the, on the one we were in awe evening. of yeah. i was in awe of it the night before and oh yeah. man and that bull returned back and went right back into that rut zone and that same rut zone is where we heard him again tonight it's crazy so we blew him out he ran i don't know two miles mm-hmm. downhill to a whole nother different ravine and back around to the rut zone. Yep. Back in there the next morning. Oh, they're just in yeah. there right it, now. It's like you said, when you find the spot where they're they're at and they want to be, you know, it's it'll take a lot to get them out of there and blow them out of there, you know. I mean, I think I think the mistake a lot of people made is going up during the day when they're bedding. And then they blow them out of there and then they, you know, sometimes they're gone. If you blow them out in the evening or if you if you spook them in the evening or in the early morning when they're feeding and rutting really hard, I think a lot of times they'll come back. Yeah, they go up into the thick trees yeah. and forget about in bed down. Yeah. yeah, they have the safety of yeah. getting away to bed, which they spend most of their time doing. But, yeah, I love hunting elk on the feeding feature. Yeah. You know, muleys I always bed down and hunt, or a lot of times I do high country mule deer. But, but elk, I just seem to kill them in their feeding features, you know. And I, I love that downhill thermal late in the evening, early in the morning. I love that wind you can get. And so, yeah, we snuck up and stuck that bowl. Just beautiful, heavy horn six-point. Man, it was so cool. It was just such an intense encounter. Oh, to, ha- to have you two guys with me through that whole experience. And, I mean, 
it couldn't have lasted more than a couple minutes, but it felt like an eternity just looking at what was going on. And that cow just, I mean, that cow came in at 60. That bull came in at 60. They're back out at 80, just running through that forest back and forth. Is he going to come in? And then all of a sudden he's at 40 yards and, and just stopped. And he looked right at us. Mm-hmm. And we're in the middle of a meadow. Mm-hmm. No coverage in the snow wearing camo. I mean, we have to just glow out there. <laughs> and he bugles at us and just steps out. And it, it, you know, we had good wind. The cow ran right by us. Cow ran right by us. And we didn't lo- let him know we were there. Yep. I mean, your, your theory on, hey, don't, don't let him know you're there if you don't have to. It paid off. They look at you like you're a tree, not like you're a human trying to hunt them because they hadn't smelled, heard, seen humans. They're just in there rutting. And so, yeah, he looked at us, and there's three of us, and we're in a meadow. We're on the edge of cover, but we just freeze, and camo does the work. And It was dark. I mean, I I could see my pins at that point, but it was – Yeah, 10 minutes into shooting light. Yeah, 10 minutes into shooting light. Twilight. it, um, which helps too. Which definitely helped. In I mean, dark if we were glowing out there in the sun, I, I think he would have ran. Well, but. we we knew. I mean, we knew what we were doing too. We were all crammed together, looking like sure, one person. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hiding behind each other. It was pretty, wasn't the first spot it was, stock, it but was pretty we, funny. we could have gotten into the coverage a little bit more, but we couldn't. The way they were running, we were trying to get over there, we we couldn't get in, and and the snow was, you know, it it had melted the night bef- the day before and froze overnight. It was crunchy yeah. as all get out. You can spot and stock with one guy, two guys, as I did, <laughs> three guys even were <laughs> three guys. But yeah, you're right. Everything was working for us and i always say you know animals see movement and if you don't move like you're good if you would have let down your draw busted never would have came together but that cow ran by us he was interested in that cow and we just stayed frozen out there we're just a bush we're just a green tan black bush sitting out there and like you say i'm hiding behind you and you're hiding behind me and yeah you know that it it just worked out it was meant to be both stepped out and you drilled him at 40 and able to get him so epic so So epic Yeah, I mean, it's one of those scenarios, you know, where everything did work out. You know, yeah. it's like tonight, you know, it, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't always work out. You know, nine times out of ten, you, got, you guys were were minutes from yeah. shooting that bowl tonight, and instead he came in and bumped those cows out of there right to where you needed to be. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, let's see. I, I went up three times. I shot a bull the first evening. The next two times I went up, you know. Tonight, the tonight I got a shot, and Robin then shot the one. Robin the other shot time. the one. The other one, I was I was on. I mean, it's just been insane. It's been insane. Yeah, There's yeah. So got into every him. every hunt we've seen a six by six. Mm-hmm. I, I guess tonight good. was a big five by five, but mm-hmm. still a, a still bowl. still a shooter bull yeah. with a bow. I mean, trophy Monday, all, all day raining, long. Oh, nobody yeah. on them. Nobody oh, yeah. up there hunting anymore. And yep. that hill's just a grind to get up. And oh, we man. we keep pushing up it day in day out. I don't think guys can do it day in, day out. At least a couple guys that know about those elk, or they just don't know they're all there. They come out so late and early in the morning, and you got to be up there to hear them bugle. You can't hear it yeah. from down below. So, I mean, I really think we're, like, the only crew that knows about them, that they're in there it's doing unreal. their deal. It's unreal. I yeah. mean, to, to be to be that accessible and to have that many bulls mm-hmm. and no guys. Well, yep. I mean, that's what it takes, too. I mean, who's going to wake up at 4 in the morning and walk, walk – 
up like vertical 2,000 feet <laughs> in the dark it, in grizzly country. In grizzly country. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like swimming in murky water in Hawaii. You know, there's sharks big, out there. Big, big rainstorm and, yeah. and somebody dumped a dead pig carcass in the water. Yeah, there it might be a tiger shark you know, or two out there. Yeah. Oh, you got to go for it. Like that's part of it. And, you know, it, it's you versus the elk. And most of the time when you get in the elk, it's your plays and, and your movements. But, I mean, to ignore the human pressure would, you know, that's that's not realistic. There is human pressure. And so, yep. you know, a lot of times you are hunting to be there earlier than the next guy and, yeah. and to be up on the top earlier. Well, the only reason we killed that bull is because we left so early. We yep. By the time we climbed up that thing, I mean, it takes us, I don't even know how long it takes us to climb all that vert and get up on top and do those miles. But it takes us a lot longer than it looks. You can glass a spot, but getting up there is a whole different story. Like it's a different mountain. It's a when solid you get on hour. It. It's a solid hour of a push yeah. to get up there. Yeah. And and that bull that I shot, if we were two minutes later, he was farther up the mountain. Yeah. We wouldn't have caught him. Well, like the first day we it, went we, up there, we would have chased him at eighty yards yeah. for an hour and a half. Yep. That was great judgment. You know, good anticipation. You knew you knew what he was gonna do. You know, that's why we got up at four in the morning because, like you said, if we weren't in that spot you know if we were down below and we spotted them we're like all right let's go after them it's going to be an hour before we get up there they're going to be you know halfway up the mountain it's already late. gone yeah yeah, you're already yeah. too late you got to be in the feature when yeah. it's happening and that's in that twilight to first hour when you can really make things happen and that was the whole reason we got on your bowl you yeah know, we had busted that six you know made the extra effort to go around the mountain heard bugles then made the extra you know, climb up through there to climb some more vertical and get up there right at the the last minutes of shooting light, and that that bull came by us. That was the whole reason, just that yep. extra little push and just see if they're there, see where they're at. And by then we had those great thermals coming down the hill and, oh, that was and make something happen. That was that was just amazing to see them walk by at twenty yards, the cows, and then that big bull comes walking up, just like holy crap. How long have I been here? This is the first evening. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could hunt these things like I hunt axis deer. I mean, just they're so cool to hunt. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tagged out for the year in Montana. Mm-hmm. I wish I could hunt them all the time. I mean, it's so fun. They and, are so and, fun. And, yeah, you got grizzlies and you got cougars and you got wolves and skunks. <laughs> I'm hiking down the mountain and I hear some rustling in the bushes. And it's, it's twilight. It's almost dark. And I look to the side, and there's something kind of scurrying towards me. And all of a sudden, this black tail flips up with a white underside on it, r- ten feet from me. And I'm like, "Oh crap! It's a skunk!" <laughs> and I scream like a ten-year-old girl, and ran down the mountain. And thank God it didn't spray me. I probably wouldn't have shot that bull the next morning. But <laughs> there's no way. Would have been <laughs> sleeping outside. <laughs> Wait, that's not a new scent killer. <laughs> no. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. There's a skunks don't have very good eyesight, and so when you run into them, like they will just run right into you like that. Like you got to make yourself. He ran at me. I, I I swear they're he, aggressive. You didn't know that. No, he he came at me. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I run into those things every now and again. But yeah, we haven't haven't seen any grizz bears. Haven't seen any sign of them yet. But. Might have to go up by the carcass tomorrow. I give it a yeah. Give it wor- a wide that, look that worries me a little. One, one more chance up there. Yeah, one more yeah. chance. Yeah, fun to get into them, and I, I just I love that spot and stock game of just not letting them know you're there and trying to cut them off and play the game. And you don't get reckless with your stocks, but you got to be aggressive on elk too because they'll walk away from you. 
Yep. You know, so you're just always, you know, you're trying to make a move with a good wind. But, you know, then you get frozen for an hour and a half in one position because they're looking your way and you know if you move, you're busted. Yeah, I know. I like the way you do it because, like you're saying, if, if if they think that you're another elk, you know, if you're a competitor coming in for their cows, they're looking. <clears throat> so they're aware. They're a lot more. You're making them more aware. You know, they won't always come rushing up towards you. You know, you kind of got to be in their zone for them to come at you. Yeah, when you're calling is, at them. Which, which like, is usually too close. Yeah, so when you're calling at them and sounding like another bull, you're right. Like, um, you know, and I don't know what the odds are. It depends the bull's mood, how hot he is, yeah. whether he comes in or not. They don't all come in, but some of them do come in, and calling is effective, and I think yeah. a lot of bulls are killed that way. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's got to be the right sound. When he comes in, it's usually pins and needles looking for that other elk making the sound or looking for an intruder. And, and the opposite can happen, too. He can gather his cows and go the other way and try to get I, them out of there. We've had that happen to us in, in Oregon, you know. Brian, Brian your your story on why you stopped calling him in. Yes. You you had a big, what, 7x7, seven seven, yeah. I think you said. This giant bull that was in the drainage that we were hunting. And, and one of my favorite drainages and been hiking for days and hunting a bunch of days on end. And I finally see this giant bull that I just dream of, this 7x7, seven seven, and he's got all these cows, and he's in this drainage. And I've called a lot of bulls into my day, a lot for my dad, a lot for myself. Um, so I see this bull, and I, it's just the one you'd want, the one chance you want all season long at just this giant. And so I crawl down in there, and I, I get above, I think, where I think he wants to be, where I think he's moving towards. And I, I try to do everything right and make a couple cow calls, and I watch that seven-point gather up his cows and go running miles away from me, just clear the drainage from a few cow calls trying to call him in. And I'm just like, what? What am I doing with these things? Like I'm chasing elk out and high pressure elk react different to calls. In fact, you know, when I hunt central Montana, yeah, I mean, you, you don't call them in over there. Nobody really calls them in. Nobody really calls to them. They're high pressure. They hear it. And, and bulls nowadays, they just know what it is. And I, I was calling in a lot of satellite bulls. I was not calling in a lot of giant herd bulls. The dominant You know, bull, the, yeah. the giant bulls are just older and don't respond right. And so, yeah, that was what kind of changed my mind. But what really changed my mind was having success being able to spot and stalk and being able to do it without calls. And you get to move with the herd, and it's like you got – you get – more time like inside that zone and yeah. you you don't interact back and forth but it's that same thrilling excitement of the rut where they're bugling and they're going off and they're chasing oh. cows and you get to just be with them and just observe all that you know and, and maybe you're not a part of it but you are a part of it because you're right there and you're looking for your chance to close in and seal that deal you know so yeah man i really like hunting them that way i think it's i think it's a good way to hunt them in today's day and age and it, it's what we're used to i mean that's how we hunt deer and and everything else in hawaii and spot and stock you, you you're it's game on i mean when you when you spot them it's game on you figure out the wind you figure out where you need to be and where are they going to be that's where you want to be yep. yeah and, and you guys are good at it you get so many chances get to hunt you know axis deer year round and chase them and they've got amazing senses and so your guys's spot and stock game is on it's tight that's what it needs to be like that you know, over those ridgeline approaches where we got yep. busted today, yep. you know, but you know, it when, happens. Yeah. You guys are good at it because you get a lot of experience stalking and that's what it takes is learning those little secrets. And, you know, that's the difference between getting them and not getting them and, and why we didn't get a bull today. You know, it, you know, the cow came up and there, sure there's could, nothing you guys could have done. I yeah. mean, I watched the whole thing unfold. I right. knew, I knew you were blown before you even got halfway up that mountain. Yeah, Sometimes <laughs> they just got you, but 
you know, you just try to get better from it and try to make those right decisions and let those instincts kick in. And But you guys are willing to do whatever it takes. I mean, yeah. you, I think at one point you were crawling through an irrigation ditch to try to get a shot at a oh. whitetail through the water, and <laughs> it's 35 degrees with the wind blowing out of the north. Like, uh, you guys know how to stock and know what you can do and what you can't do. And, you know, that's a big reason why you're successful for sure. Yeah, that yeah. and all the effort. Doing what you're comfortable, how you're comfortable hunting is important. You know what I mean? And if something's not working for you, try changing it and and see if that works you know and keep changing your tactics but if, if you're doing something that's if you're comfortable with it and you're good at it and it's working for you you know great keep at it you know everyone's different you got to look at every scenario and like analyze it where the elk are what they're doing and like i think that's where your instincts kick in where it's just like you just look at everything and go okay can i get on them where's my stock am i coming from above what's the wind doing what's the yeah. but you just analyze everything and then you try to come out come up with the right play and we bounce ideas off each other a bunch and, which you know, is so cool yeah I mean, and it, you just look at me and go i agree or you come up with an idea and go yep you're absolutely right, and you come up with theories and reasons why the wind's going to do what it's going to do, and why the where you think the animals are going to go, and how you're going to play it. But you know, it's cool to be able to bounce ideas off and come up with the best game plan, and then have it work out. It it, it really is, and, and I mean, you know these animals so well. I mean, you you really do, and I, yeah, you took me on a mission through. Montana wilderness, mountains, <laughs> elevation, everything else. But at the same time, we were in elk the whole time. And, and yeah, we didn't find the party for a few days, but we were still in small herds and, and stocking bulls and wind was blowing us out. But, you know, you, you, the fact you know where they're going to be and, and where we need to go, and yeah, you got to put in the miles to find them. Once we're there and being able to bounce ideas off of each other, it, it was epic. Mm-hmm all-time hunt for me for sure that's awesome i mean from that thunderstorm lightning storm to the hail to grizzly marks in camp and it's uh, a full experience yeah, right a full experience yeah oh it's it's what we live for is that it, that adventure bow hunting is so cool you know and yeah the montana mountains in in the middle of september you don't know what storms are rolling in grizzly bears and and, oh, and big bull elk running around vast wilderness. Yeah, Pretty I mean, fun. it was amazing. I hey, mean, the, the aloha you showed us, you and your family showed us, was just awesome, Brian. I, that's yeah, much appreciated. We, we can't say enough. And, yeah. and the the experience here, and man, you guys. I mean, you got antelope, you got bears, you got uh, the hunting here. Yeah, Hawaii, we get to hunt year round, and and we don't have tags or limits, and and we hunt a lot of animals. But so do you. And granted, you go to other states and things like that, but you got a lot of cool animals here. I, I never thought – whitetail wasn't even on my list. Never. Because tree stand hunting, I've done it. It's just not my thing. I like spot and stock. And spot and stock whitetail, I'll do again. That was that was a lot of <laughs> Wasn't fun. Wasn't that fun? That was a lot of fun. Oh, and we saw some good ones too. Oh. We, we did see one step out, or I saw one step out with just this flyer with a, a double point on it, just a really good whitetail. I love to hunt muleys late. I get one buck tag, but that thing would have caught an arrow if I could have got close yeah. enough. Yeah, that was a monster, yeah. huh? Yeah, I had him. 80 yards at one point just too many does in between me and him and just couldn't close the deal ended up getting busted but yeah really nice buck. Um, we saw those three uh while we were scout scouting elk three whitetails that were just huge oh the one with the drop time oh, yeah i man. got a picture of that i'll have oh, to post man it yeah that was a great whitetail that was a huge whitetail yeah. oh we got a lot of pictures i love taking good pictures of the hunt and and you're into it too robin and so we just took a bunch of good shots i, I mean how I many have, photos i think we have thousands think, yeah, of photos right <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, you get it took like 300. Take a bunch of them. 300 just on my just elk. Just on your elk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only time I don't take them is when we're on the elk, you know. Or I, I try, you know, if I got time, I'll, I'll click a quick one. But oh, I was, ki- I was kicking bowls, myself. Man, I was standing behind you. I should have just, I had my phone in my pocket. You know what? I, I wouldn't have killed out. that bull. I, I, I'm. We, we filmed so much, and filming was my nemesis at one point. It was. I mean, I, I just hated filming. And yeah, we, we have tons and tons of good f- footage. I wish we had that on film, but I'm glad we don't because we have a bull down. Right, and, exactly. And uh, we, we've talked about this, and we should probably talk about it, but um, top of the mountain karma. Oh, right. The, 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 whole, yeah. the whole reason we got this bull down is uh, picking up trash at the top of the mountain. Yeah, I told you. Gosh, I've had this work out for me so many times, and I think <laughs> I talked about it with Dan on the podcast in Idaho. I'm not sure. But, yeah, anytime I pick up trash, I always tell Dan it's good karma when I was hunting with Dan. And then I'd kill a big buck, and I said, well, it was that karma cloud I had from picking up that trash. So now Dan believes in it wholeheartedly. <laughs> He'll race me to trash on the mountain. And when I killed my Idaho buck this year, I picked up two beer cans on the top of the mountain. And so we we were hiking out in the middle of the wilderness, and somebody had stashed water bottles in there. and Probably ten water bottles. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think it was with good intent. He just didn't make it back up there. But I just hate finding trash in this pristine wilderness. And Montana's clean. Like, we don't have a lot of garbage, which is nice. I've been to mountain ranges that are dirty. But, yeah, we did find a tuna wrapper at one point yep. we picked up. Um, right next to the bear marks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could have been the, the cause and effect. Yep. Yep. And then, um, but we were coming out and uh, we spotted this water bottle, you know, and kind of look at it and go, okay. And then there's 10 of them in the brush. And, you know? and our packs are heavy at this point. I mean, it, yeah, they're, they're 30 something pounds, 40 pounds, but we, we're miles. Miles, miles in elevation. And, we're coming out to deep. a different spot, getting yep. shuttled back to our truck. Yep. Um, but we see him, and I just tell Robin, I said, it's good karma, man. We got to carry him out. I'll make, you know, we'll make room for him. Let's empty him out. Let's put him in our pack. And so we emptied out 10 water bottles, and we got done. I told you, you're going to kill a big bull now. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> sure, sure enough. enough. Yeah, sure a few enough. days later, you're dealing behind a great big six-point oh, bull. Oh, man. Yep. You, you, you called it. Clean up the wilderness. Yeah. Oh, so awesome to have it work out. So that's my tip of the day is if uh, you want to kill a big critter. <laughs> Pick up that trash. Pick up that trash. It's good karma. Yeah, don't leave in. Don't leave in the pristine wilderness, man. That's it. But yeah, so much fun hunting with you guys. You guys got a bunch of hunting skill, and just really fun to do a western adventure with you. And definitely won't be the last. I, I sure enjoy hanging out with you. And we got one more to join us. Sean's got to join us. He's feeling better and recovered. Yep. I think I I mentioned it, but yeah, he got really sick. Um, uh, the last hunt you guys did before you left. Oh. It, it, and who knows if it was the five, five days before I'm flying out, six days before I'm flying out, and we went hunting, and yeah, he he came down pretty ill, hospitalized, and yeah, he I was mean, supposed to come with us. And that's, it, that's the only thing missing from the whole experience. I mean, having you two guys there with the bull, but having Sean there, yeah. is, and you called him that morning. After oh, I, the deal I, and, he doesn't know this, but I'm like tearing up and almost breaking down on the phone to him. He wanted you to kill one so bad. Oh. I mean, these guys are such good friends and such good hunting partners. Like we, we can all learn something from you know the way you guys are. Is you just you give the shirt off your back. Anything you have is is for the other guy. You know whatever you need, you share everything. But and then you guys pull for each other and really want each other to be successful and help each other. And and Sean had killed a big bull in Oregon, and he was the one of you three that had a bull and had a giant one. 
and I, I mean, I think he put this whole thing together so Pretty you guys much. could kill he out. I mean, he was yeah. my, he was my connection where I got to meet you guys. And yeah. I, oh, yeah. you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. It's so fun to hunt with good friends that, that do anything for each other. And we've done a couple adventures now together and it was just a really cool deal. So the next one, we got to have Sean along and, and yeah. he's feeling better. He's recovered. He got sick and, and hospitalized and, and liver wasn't working right. Yeah, it was, and he it was, just, it was and he's so healthy and so young and he goes so hard and he just absolutely loves to bow hunt. You know, it, it's probably a good piece of advice for anybody listening yeah, is for all of us. I, I mean, it, it could have been dehydration that caused what he had. Um, it, it very well could have been something like leptospirosis, but butchering an animal without gloves on is what the doctors think it might be. And I, you know, I, I've done it in the past. I'm pretty good about putting gloves on now. I never wear gloves. Yeah. I, I, I got, I got really sick early on in my hunting. And so I'll do a pig. You thought you got pig. Really sick I, I think pig. I got leptospirosis back in the day, fevers and, and just oh. gnarly throwing up. And you'd never know though. It could be like the flu, right? It, it, it could be, do. but I can take the measures to not have it happen again. Yeah, for and, sure. and that's what I do. Yep. And, 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 you know, having this happen to somebody that, I mean, Sean can, that guy can put on miles and go as deep as anybody. Yeah. And just to see him that broken down. Could have been like a mosquito. Could have I mean, been, could have been anything. Could have been anything. And yeah. he, re- he shared his water that day. Like I say, you guys will all do anything for each other. Yep. And your other buddy didn't have enough and he shared half his water, but he's been dehydrated. Oh, before. we, I mean, like, we, we've been, that, that hunt was minor compared to what we've done in the past and dehydrated. Yeah. Our for body. the Rams, you guys do oh, that just seems super cool in yeah. that steep country. But oh, yeah. you guys, it's, you guys keep telling me it's the hottest hunt on planet earth and that you got to, you know, stash water and carry as much as you can carry. And like, uh, so he's done those hunts and he's super healthy and goes super yeah, hard. He's and it's one of the most aggressive hunters out there. Who knows, man? I mean, it. I mean, you never know. I, I don't think it's anything he did wrong. Like, it's no. just uh, he can hit anybody. But he's recovered now and doing better. And we've been keeping in touch with him. And a lot of the reason why we're successful, you know, is oh, he's the, feeling better. The, the fact, I mean, Janus was supposed to come out with me. And Sean was supposed to be there. Janus stayed back a couple of days. And, you know, the first couple of days I'm here, I'm I'm guilty. My friend's in the hospital. And I'm out with you in the backcountry. And if we had gotten on a bull, I don't know if I could have shot it. I mean, just the <laughs> mental game alone when you're hunting yeah. and thinking about your buddy in the hospital and in a different place, just for a sure. total different place. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to turn around and get out of the hospital and Janus is on his way out here. Yep. He's just pulling for you guys. Oh, he wanted man. you guys to kill a bull so bad. And then Robin shot just a, just a beauty. Oh, just, and Sean was so stoked. And oh. I mean, that just, that just made everything awesome. Yeah. You know? I mean, enjoy life, you know, take as much precautions as you can, you, but you can, Gotta but you safe. know, I mean, have fun with it and don't be scared to go on adventures because tell you what, I'd, I'd, I'd way rather get eaten by a shark, you know, or something like that. Or than, a bear. Or a bear. Get, <laughs> hey, that could be tomorrow. Then, then dying in a car crash or getting sick in the yeah, hospital. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just. Got to live you, life to the fullest. You, and you never dangers, know. And there's dangers in everything we do. And the, the fact is, is driving your car down the highway is exactly. probably the most that dangerous is, thing you yeah, do. By far the most dangerous you know, thing but you yeah, do. But yeah, you, you, I like that. 
your safety is in your own hands and your own decision making. I like that. I like to make those those decisions and those yep. life and death decisions in the backcountry. You don't get to make those in everyday life. You're safe in your house and your car and you go to work. And yep. you, but getting away and detaching from that really makes you realize what's important. You know, your family and your friends. And but it's good for you, you. know, yeah, it's good for you. Yep. Good time to reflect and in yep. adventure and passion in life. I mean, that's what keeps me in oh, shape. Man. Keeps me healthy. You know. It makes you want to be, you know, better to everybody around you. You know, it's a, it's a great thing we have in hunting. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I agree. You know, just, well, just do everything you can and stay safe out oh, there. Stay and, safe. Water, right? I mean, I mean wa- wa- we don't know that that's the deal, but especially where you guys come from, you'll always need yeah. water. It's the lifeblood. Well, and and you mentioned that I wanted to be by a water source while we were hunting, and part of it is I'm at major altitude compared to what I'm used to, and. I, I've had altitude sickness before. I lived in Colorado for nine years. I I know that water can just keep you from that. And I, I think I drank five times the amount of water you did on the mountain. And it was just flushing my system. And I, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. I, my my body wouldn't have held up without it. Yeah. And, like, I, and I'm used to drinking a lot of water when I'm hunting anyway in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You have no, to. You pushed hard in that. Uh, the training you did before you got here yeah. really helped. Um, and then, yeah, you just got to acclimate to the, to the altitude, which is wild over here. It took a while to get used to your legs did really good. Brett right. took a little bit, but man, you kept up everywhere we went. You were game for everywhere we had to go and everything we had to do. I mean, uh, you, I'm, you were I'm still sucking oxygen. I mean, that, that's not going to change. You can't. Yep. Yeah, it I, got better though. It got better, we made but bigger pushes up, up the hills sure. before we'd have to stop and break. But yeah, no, you guys all did good. Yeah. You guys come in shape. Well, thanks, game Brian. and ready to rock and roll. It yeah. means a lot coming from you, man, because you're you're one speed up that mountain. Yeah, <laughs> slow, slow. Yeah, <laughs> I think I asked us. you. I, I mean, we're we're all we can all hike, and and I think I asked you at one point: Do any of your hunting buddies keep up with you? Because <laughs> man, you are just one speed up that mountain. <laughs> hands yeah. in hands in pockets. <laughs> yeah, right. You you don't you feel bad when he's like he's taking a break, but he doesn't really want to take a break. You know, he's time. Every case. every time he looked back, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. I gotta go again. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you guys did great. We pushed up all those mountains. We're covering it. Oh, what fun! Yeah. Elk everywhere. I mean, it was just incredible. Yeah, we hit Mon- it right. Found the party. That's the key. Yeah. Yep. Monta- you, Monta- you said that day one. We'll find the party, and we did. Yep. You guys are gonna get back in him tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Montana, we get oh one gosh. last chance. One yeah. la- one last bull pack out. I'm ready for that. We didn't even get into packing out one bull with three guys. Oh yeah, so it's heavy, isn't it? Oh man, did a good job butchering. You guys do so much butchering in Hawaii, um, but yeah, we we had to. Uh, They'll leave the balls attached. You're not used to that in the no, States. That, that's, that's an extra five <laughs> yeah. pounds on an elk. It's tricky when you're boning them out, too, to leave the balls attached. So so my technique is to leave a strip of hair with the balls on it that attach to the, the biggest chunk of meat, and then it's legal in the state of Montana. But, yeah, we uh, quartered, boned that thing. We caped them. You caped them. You're going to get a mount done. And then we uh, saw cut the skull, like just the horns off of off the skull. I think that's a good way to save weight, just that oh, little yeah. saw, and you can saw that off. That saves a bunch. But, yep. yeah, we were heavy. We did one bowl, three guys down, boned out. Um, but, yeah, you get them all out. I I think we were all pushing 100 pounds. I usually say it's about 80 apiece, but – it it was heavy coming down. It was uh, we carried we each carried your wife out. Holly was on my back the whole way down. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Big bull man, that was awesome. Yeah, but we it, made it. 
Yeah, it was awesome. Well, and, you know, we just just kept saying, everybody take their time and be safe. And I always say, you know, I'm going to take two two loads instead of one. And here we are again. We take the one heavy one down with three guys. Um, but, yeah, you can get them out. They just you know, kept saying, just take your time. Nobody get hurt, you know, easy down the steep slopes. And then we took the ridge lines down. We made them out. He wasn't too bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, we grinded we, we had We had all day. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, we could it's easy hiking slow when you got a giant elk down. Yeah, oh, yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, I'll cruise out now. It is nice. Yeah. Coming up good. was a different story. Got to beat the light. Got to beat the guy behind you. <laughs> you got to beat the light Something. tomorrow. Because I'll beat the light tomorrow. Those bulls are going to be in the same spot tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. And I, Robin said if I told him to come up with us, he'd come up. So Yeah, if if I drink any more of this whiskey, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you, Robin. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the phone call to pack it out. I will hike up that mountain tomorrow with your bowl down. Yeah, you. I know you will, right? You, you, you owe it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I got no cell service in this house. I don't know. He's <laughs> still going to be sleeping. Did you guys call me? Uh, yeah well it's been fun guys i really enjoy hunting with you it won't be the last adventure for sure we'll go on many more but oh, um, good hunting this this week guys you guys really worked hard man was that fun getting into those elk so one more day um i'll probably let them know on the ending of this podcast although i'm going to release it quick because right now everybody's elk hunting you know and so um but i'll let them know if we if we killed that bull tomorrow oh All yeah right. so, well thank you brian and congratulations robin that was dude, one amazing couldn't have done it without you glad you trip. were with Brian and I, right there with us. Wish Sean was with us too, but yeah, uh, epic all time. Yeah, yeah, congrats, man. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, awesome bull. All right, thanks, guys. All right, all right, guys. That's a wrap. Um, really fun podcast for me to sit down with those two buddies, and and we just had so much epic elk hunting this week, and then to do a, a late night, light hearted podcast, and and uh, some ribbing between friends, and and a bunch of laughs. Uh, that was really fun for me. So uh, we want to do more like that and, and just a great couple guys. So uh, Janus Padilla and then uh, Robin Keane. And uh, Janus doesn't have any social media, but you can follow Robin Keane. Uh, he's uh, at Maui Bowhunter on Instagram, and, and he's also got a Facebook page. Um, he really gets after it. Those guys hunt a lot, but uh, just great guys. I, I think I mentioned it in the podcast, but they just do – anything for their friends you know and and uh i mean you can see it in the field you can see it you know when we're gearing up i mean they're constantly letting somebody else borrow something or giving them something they need and and they're always pulling for each other to be successful and and, and just always willing to lend a hand to, to help out just great house guests uh, just can't say enough good things about those two guys i i really enjoy hanging out with them and uh as well as, as sean kern he was on the last podcast and and he was uh, the one that we mentioned that's that's back in Maui and he he's doing real well and making a recovery. And so he's the third part of their team that that travels around. And so we missed him this trip, but um, I'm sure he'll be on a on more adventures with us. So uh, just just a great fun podcast. Um, so the sponsor for today's show was uh, Yeti Coolers. Uh, again, Yetis is just a game changer for me. Um, I'm just getting ready for my elk hunt. Uh, meet my cameraman on Saturday, which is a couple days here, and and uh, I'll have my Yeti all loaded up, and you know, plan on on keeping my bull and getting them back here, and and especially for us bow hunters that do so much hot weather hunting, where we do have to put our meat in coolers, uh, it, it just keeps it so cool, and then the drains are set up right, where it drains all the moisture and all the blood, 
um, so so your meat isn't getting damp in there. And and uh, I always mention the bear-proof container for camping in national forest. Um, so, so you don't get in trouble about your food storage. Uh, just put a couple locks on either end and, um, they're just building great products. So, uh, check out Yeti coolers, uh, again, over there at Eastman's, um, I just saw that promo code. Uh, I, I didn't ask anybody over there. I just saw it. Uh, I think I saw it come across on social media, but I thought that was a pretty good deal. That outdoor edge knife kit looks like a really good kit, like a $40 kit. And you got to have a, a great butchering kit when you're butchering animals and, and even cutting in the field. Um, I, you know, I, I really like those, the, the new sharp knives that they have, like the outdoor edge, the replaceable razor blade, but these outdoor edge knives, um, they, it looks like a butchering or processing kit. Um, looks like a really good deal. You get that with a subscription to both magazines right now. So go check that out on the website. And with that, I better get my, my stuff packed up here and, uh, get healed up. I'm going to, uh, get a couple podcasts ready to go. So one for next week while I'm gone and then, uh, get this one all released to you guys and, uh, just keep putting out good content and good guests. And right now it's just all about hunting hard. Um, had a good season so far and been able to chase a lot of critters and have a lot of fun. And, and part of that too is, is seeing friends be successful and helping them out and making sure you're being a good hunting partner. So, uh, you know, I've been hunting with Dan. I want to continue to help Dan make sure he gets his elk and and other buddies as well. You know, Clint's been out here to the house. He's been antelope hunting. Um, gosh, and then and then the Hawaiian guys came out hunting elk, and and Robin was able to kill that nice bull and a nice white tail buck. And and Janus had some opportunities and was close. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you guys. I was supposed to give you the update on our last day of hunting. We talked about it in the podcast. So me and Janus. Woke up at four and made our run up there on the mountain, and it was uh, storming like crazy, uh, raining at the bottom and then snowing at the top, and we ended up getting into about a foot of snow, and we had the most epic day of elk hunting. Uh, I think we saw like nine different bulls and 150 cows, and they were just going off, bugling back and forth, and we got on a herd bull first that had a satellite, had about 60 cows, and they kind of just got away from us up the mountain, but we could hear bugles coming up, and so we kind of dove in the edge of the timber and got on them, and we got right into this nice six-point, and, and uh, so we got into this, uh, well, we were into the cows, and all the cows worked below us, and they were 20, 30 yards, but we got stuck in this kind of thick part of cover where they were down below us in this thick part of the cover, and and then here comes this giant six-point bull, and he comes up and kind of ruts this cow bias, and, and Janus drew twice on him. Uh, drew once when he was coming through the 50-yard opening, but I was on his right side. I couldn't tell when he had the good shooting lane and to stop that bull for him, you know, and he was ho- hoping the bull would stop on its own so he didn't spook the cows. And uh, that bull worked by, he drew again on him, and and I think the second time he drew, some cows picked him out drawn and just too much movement, and, and uh, he wasn't able to get him. But we had that bull 30 to 50 yards for a couple minutes and all his cows for about five minutes. And while we're sitting there, there's another bull that comes behind us at 70 yards through the trees, and he's chasing a cow through there, ran into a, another wide six-point bull, chasing some cows, made a play on him. I mean, we were just in the action. They were bugling, but we just we couldn't make it happen the last day, and and uh, so Janus is going home with this tag, and you know he he needed a perfect shot. He he needed redemption from that 
from that one shot he had on that bowl. I know he felt really bad for what happened. We gave that that bowl another look on the way down. Just we have walked every square inch of where that bowl could go and glassed every square inch, glass for birds, and I think that that bowl just lived that he hit. But um, he, you know, it, it's just um, it's bow hunting. It, it happens and it's part of the reality and you know I like that we can tell the truth on this podcast and and, and tell the scenarios of how they go down and, and what we did and then try to analyze it try to figure out what went right and what went wrong and and, and just be honest with our audience because it happens it happens to the best of us you know that that make a shot that isn't exactly perfect and you know you take ethical shots but there's so much excitement there and the animals can move and you know, there's, there's so many things that can go wrong that it's just bow hunting. So, um, you know, I, I felt bad, but but Janus was so happy for his buddy Robin killing a bull and just for the experiences and the adventure. And I, I really like Janus's attitude about the hunt. You know, he's just all about having fun and the adventure. And, and I think, you know, that's what we should all be about. And I know we are that we embrace that. But sometimes, you know, you you get so much drive to harvest an animal that sometimes you lose perspective of, of what's really important. And that's, you know, spending time in the woods, spending time with your buddies, having encounters and, and just enjoying your time off and and resetting so you can you can go back to work and and uh yeah it refuels your soul for for everything you're doing so anyways really cool really fun with those guys fun podcast that was a great one to lay down and with that, I'm going to get my stuff packed up and see if I can't go get a bowl of my own. i um, going to try to record it, which is a, another cool thing with me or another cool thing for me is, is just that, that Guy and Ike Eastman, you know, just trust me to, you know, get the permits and pay a cameraman and have them come with me. And so, you know, I, uh, you know, again, just want to have fun and, and go chase some bulls around. But gosh, I really want to get one on video. So, um, yeah, going to go enjoy myself. My dad's going to come over and camp with us and hunt. Uh, my buddy Dan's been over there nonstop hunting, so I've been getting reports from him. So uh, should be a good camp and a fun time. And I'm gonna bring my recording stuff, so hopefully, I, hopefully I can sit down. I think Dan's been my number one guest, but we just hunt so much together. But get Dan on there. Uh, I want to get my cameraman Dalton Bueller. See if we can um, talk my dad to get on getting on here too as well. So uh, we'll see what we can lay down there and see if we can go to put down a bull. So with that, uh, good hunting, you guys. Keep hunting hard. Just keep believing and, and covering those miles. It can just come together in, in, a, in, in a couple moments. So uh, keep hunting hard. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. And I'll check in with you next week or I'll uh, record the one for next week and check in with you in two. So uh, thanks, guys, for, for all the support, as always, with the, the podcast and social media, spreading the word of the podcast. just means so much to me, uh, you know, that we can we can put this out, you know, out of my house house just with a, a lot of my different buddies and different guests I can get and, and keep growing this thing it just means the world to me so thanks for all the support guys and I just love seeing your pictures you guys are tagging me in uh, you guys being successful you guys have just killed some great animals this year bucks and and bulls and so keep up the good work and keep working hard uh talk to you next week well, two weeks. Gosh, I'm never going to end this podcast. This this ending just won't end for me, but have a good one, guys.